1: Blue wire What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, with me regular guest on the show, Lucas Kaplan of Nets Daily. Lucas, nine straight losses for the Nets tonight to the Celtics, one twenty-six ninety-one. It's been a crazy week for Nets fans. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah, dead team walking vibes for sure. Uh, you could make a very strong case. There's six best players, six most important players were out for one reason or another. And believe me, they, all those reasons, they cover all sides of the spectrum. Um, but no team is in the dog days of the season more than the Nets right now. If you look around the league, a lot of blowouts, a lot of funky scores. Yep. Nets are perhaps the epitome of that right now. Um, it just feels like, we all just so badly want to close our eyes and fast forward, whether the deadline or the all-star break, but we just got to get through this,
1: you know, everything passes. Yeah. Just let us know when Katie's back, really. <laughs> That's yeah. when the Nets, Nets are watchable, but uh, it was tough nine straight. And like you said, the vibes are bad from the start in this one, you know, 28 to two to start this game. We're going to jump into it, but make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. I mean, just talk to me about the the start of the game. Like what went through your head was this, any bit of a surprise or is it just kind of expected given the guys who are out in the vibes with this team? I mean, 28 to two is like
2: obviously a bit much. These are professional athletes. They have some pride and like they cut it to like 12, 14 after that, but brutal start. I mean, it doesn't excuse all of it. They're all NBA players, but the Celtics, you know, I'm sure maybe some of you have heard since January 1st, really been playing really well, beating up on some poor competition, such as these nets tonight, <laughs> but they have, they've had they been handling their business, so this wasn't like a new challenge for them. Um, they've been really good lately. I mean, figuring out the switching scheme that Udoka likes to employ, been good on defense. Tatum and Brown have been better passers as of late, more off their plates. And then you just saw it from the beginning. I mean, you know, they met the yes, Ryan Rook on the yes broadcast mentioned like, oh, the Celtics are really, you know, didn't underestimate this team. They're handling the nets. And like, while that's true, These guys like to hoop. It's fun. It's like it's fun when you're out there and you know you're going to win and you're free to shoot the shots that you want and pass the ball and everybody's eating. Um, You just wish the Nets might have prevented that for a little longer, Yeah, but it was not that surprising, I don't think.
1: Like you said, Celtics on a winning streak coming to this game. They just had they kind of treat the Nets like their little brother to an extent. This game, it just they just looked really confident playing. And like you said, they're starting to five a groove. Lucky enough, I went on a Celtics podcast before the game. I didn't have to do that afterwards because there wouldn't be anything really good to talk about in the Nets front. Um, Lucas, was there any positives you could take away from this one? Like, did anyone stand out from a player perspective that you thought you know showed a little something? James Johnson has pride (laughs) that's (laughs) yeah
2: he tries man he's been you know in an ideal world he's probably glued to the bench for most of this year but he's been a guy that I think Nets fans have gained a lot of respect for I mean you know nothing you could complain about this year really besides like oh he maybe he has some funky outcomes when he's handling the ball trying to drive but he's been a consummate professional this year um if you didn't have – it's a grim sentence, but if you didn't have him handling the ball, things would look even worse. Um, yep. Blake got gassed. It's been a lot for him, but he you know, was attacking the glass, doing what he could do. Um, Javon Carter, what do you go, 7 of 11
1: from three, something like that? 7 of 13, but still. 7 of 13. Yeah, no, I mean you... – it's, it's more threes in this game. I mean, he had the other game, I think, about a week or two ago, but like, there were stretches of season where he may not have had seven threes for two weeks.
2: Yeah, it's nice to see he can. He still knows how to shoot. I mean, the yeah. numbers lie from last year. Um, but overall, no. The rookies. It's so hard, especially for a guy like Kessler Edwards. We talked about, you know, before recording, for a guy like that to shine in a game like this. Maybe you would have wanted a little more from Cam Thomas, but it's so hard for these guys. Like I'm in college right now. I just said it to you. These guys are my age, first year in the NBA, dealing with this. It's. They're just like us i'm sure they want to get to the all-star break reset get the vibes right figure out what's going on
1: yeah and just have an idea of your role in the team and like what's expected, and who you'll be playing with like you said there's bad vibes just on the court with the way the team's playing but obviously all the media stuff surrounding james harden they know about the losing streak and you know they've relied so heavily on kevin durant this season and him being out it's just it's a lot for them to overcome and like you mentioned it would have been cool if Cam had like another 25 point game to give us something to talk about, but he really didn't play this well, uh, play that well in this one. And like you said, Kessler kind of needs someone to create for him. Even Dayron Sharp didn't even really have many great moments in this game went one of six. It was just like one of those nights where it's hard to find something to really enjoy about the game. Like you said, maybe the best thing is Javon Carter, seven of 13 from three. Maybe that can convince a team to throw a late second round pick for him over the next two days, but I'm not sure about that.
2: Yeah, no, I know. Wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my hopes out for it.
1: <laughs> but um, like you said, James Johnson credited him because he's the guy that came in and kind of kicked off that run in the first quarter to get the score to a respectable range. But other than that, it, it was tough. Even Patty Mills just looked gassed from the start of this one. It's Yeah,
2: It's these guys are in such a hard position. It's not what they signed up for. Um, their roles are not defined. We hear NBA players talk about it all the time. Know your role. Know
1: what's expected. Yep view there's simply just no opportunity for that and I'm sure I think tonight was a perfect example because like the offense kind of screamed that right oh yeah and even honestly the defense at some point we're going to talk about Nash I'm sure and like
2: I don't think these past week or two or whatever has been really you can make many takeaways from him but like the doubling stuff tonight just didn't make sense to me and they didn't they didn't know how to react either on the court (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, that was tough. That was just kind of creating an advantage for the Celtics like they didn't need one already. So I'm not sure what the thinking was. We did see, I think they went to zone a little bit in the third quarter, which is probably the f- one of the first times we've seen it this season. Like, we haven't really seen it much under Nash in general. Um, no. I- I'm, not, I'm not really sure. And it's kind of weird because, like, quote-unquote, the guys that are playing are supposed to be your good defenders. So you would think that you would run your defense. But – you know, there, there's a lot of questions around this team. I guess looking at Nash, nine-game losing streak, you know, he's received some criticism more so probably from the fan base and the media. Yeah. Do you, you think his seat is starting to warm up at all or is he still pretty safe?
2: I think it's just a cloud of mystery. I just don't think anybody has a grip on what to analyze, what not to. I mean, I just feel like this team is waiting for to yep. get to that stretch run, to know who's in, to know who's out. Um, to maybe get healthy, and Nash has made his fair share of mistakes. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like we can't even take the temperature of his seat yet. Um, we have to just wait because I don't think we can really analyze much right now. And if the one thing he's good at is managing personalities, holding a locker room together, it's hard. It's a hard skill to judge right now because there's just there's simply no doing that right now. Yeah. Like it could be Phil Jackson, it could be. Anybody in the world. It could be Mother Teresa. No one's <laughs> no one's setting the vibes right in that locker room. It just is what it is. Um, it
1: pretty much feels like the Nets have had bad luck since the start of that Milwaukee Bucks series. Everything that's kind of almost been able to go wrong, except you know, KD having like a serious injury, knock on wood, has gone wrong. You know, you have Harding pulled a hamstring, Kyrie hurt his ankle, and then the start of the season you have the mandate, then Joe Harris goes down, and then you have this run of injuries together, which I think even causes more damage. Like I think Lamarcus actually going down two during the stretch without Kevin Durant makes them even less competent offensively. And then with Joe Harris already being out, they're down to so many guys in the rotation where it's just, it's just like so many bad things have happened. It's like, who who's to blame is how much of it is bad luck and who is, how much it is to blame on someone.
2: How long does that Boston series feel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't against the same guys, but I'm sure it felt good for the Celtics tonight to yep. run the score like that. Um, in that building.
1: Even, I mean, the Nets cooked them earlier this year too. So that was actually one of their bigger wins of the season. They kind of get revenge, you know, it feels good, especially because the Celtics are playing with a different level of energy now.
2: Yeah, it just, that's a great example of just how much things have
1: changed since that series. Um, wow, well, it's been a long year. It's been
0: a long year.
1: It really has. I mean, it, like I said, just so many things have kind of bounced the wrong way for the Nets. But I think the crazy thing for this situation is like there is still potentially hope down the line in terms of like Kevin Durant is on this team based off of some of the things happening, you know, in the you know, with the mandates and stuff, we could see Kyrie full time hopefully in the next month or so. Then next thing you know, maybe the Nets are back on track to maybe not be the same, you know, favorite that they initially were, but they still is a chance for them to win a championship with this team or at least contend.
2: Yep, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how hard they push this year. It feels like the Harden for Simmons thing, the Harden for Simmons deal potential is sort of pushing them towards a as much as it would suck to waste a year of Katie's prime again and waste a chance. We all know how fickle they are. Get our ducks in a row for next year, um get Joe right, retool the roster as much as you can this offseason and at the end of the day, Kyrie... If Harden's not here, we can assume Ben is here. So Kyrie, Ben, Katie, you know, maybe Harden instead of Ben, but let's just assume not for now. Kyrie, Ben, Katie, Joe, or as we've heard, whatever the return you get for him is, it's going to feel a lot better in the moment than it does now. I mean, I can promise you whenever this team goes on its first five, six game winning streak in the future, who knows when, who knows how soon, but when that happens, this will feel like a distant memory.
1: It really. I think is. a lot of fans will be happy just when they get their next win. At this point, I think going into this season, no one envisioned, you know, probably even a four-game losing streak. You know, that yeah. would just seemed like bad luck. If you know, because you have three stars, it just seems like something that's unlikely. So,
0: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
1: You know, the next win is going to be huge for this team. And like you said, we're really waiting because obviously there's a ton of dominoes in regards to the James Harden, Ben Simmons stuff. And if that's going to happen, we saw James Harden on the bench. Part of me feels like he was just on the bench for the Adidas promotion because I know he had a promo. And I- I'm sure Adidas wanted him to be on the bench showcasing their new gear. Obviously, there is a connection that maybe the Nets told him to go out there. Or he wanted to go out there. But honestly, that's a vibe that I got. He, he did not look very interested in the game. No, he. Uh,
2: I don't think I saw him get off the bench once. I did mean,
1: I don't think I saw him clap. Like, not that that's a huge deal, but you usually I, see some enthusiasm from Harden. No. no, no, I don't think I saw that either. I mean, honestly,
2: tonight, the last couple of days, again, I not want to pretend I have insider information, but it just feels like he's gone, and the yep. team loses it. Um, this was their last game before the deadline, so I mean, that's it. You know, we're going to know or we're going to not. So that's the last of this in limbo sort of thing during the games, which is nice. Um, It'll but, be nice
1: to have a definitive answer on, you know, in regards to like the roster moving forward instead of will, this unknown.
2: It will be. Everyone's going to be able to take a breath,
1: regardless yep. of
2: whether it's good or bad or you're happy with a deadline or you're not. Everyone will breathe easier in two and a half days. I mean, we hear it all the time from NBA players. Like, they're not immune to it. They know yep. they their phones. The rumors are going around. I mean it's just like you can i mean that's the most humane part i think of watching the nba like you can uh, really imagine yourself not knowing what city you're gonna live in you know in years down the line like
1: uh, i feel like or just think about it this way like i live in a city or i live like close to my hometown i have all these resources all these people i know and now all of a sudden you know i'm moving across the country to a location where i really don't know anybody potentially some people on the team but i might not know anybody that's, like, a lot to throw at somebody, and they have to be ready to move on, like, a minute's notice. You know what I mean? Like, I trade you tonight. You're on a plane tomorrow morning.
2: Yep, and these guys are on Twitter. They're on social media. They know what the deal is. I more mean, than ever. Mind. Yeah, they, they know the other shoe could drop at any moment. So it's a tough situation for everyone. The deadline always sort of has these stories. But, I mean, the Nets, more than probably any other team in the league, or at least one of them, like, has yep. – this to the fullest. I mean, last year, every, everything felt secure. You know, oh, we'll maybe get some buyout guys, maybe something on the fringes, but like of the top eight, 10 rotation players, how many of them went to sleep before the deadline completely secure that they weren't going anywhere? I would say probably most, if not all of them.
1: Yeah, pretty much everyone. Last year, the big you know, trade was acquiring James Harden. After doing that, you kind of clean out all your assets and there's not really much to do. And I mean, that trade set them up to be favorites. And like you said, had success in the buyout market where, you know, do you think the Nets could have potentially some success in the buyout market? Obviously, we don't even know who's going to be bought out at this point. But do you think that'd be another avenue they look to pursue or that all kind of depends on Thursday? They're going to. It's going to be after Thursday, of course. I mean, we'll
2: see. There's always names you don't expect, even though I've heard, like, oh, this is a less buyout-heavy year. Um, Cody Zeller just got waived. I mean, I don't know about the Nets fit. I haven't thought about that in particular,
1: but... He is coming off an injury, though, I think.
2: Yeah, he is. Um, Again, I don't know about the fit, but hypothetically, Cody Zeller's healthy. He's not not sitting down for the rest of the year watching the playoffs from his couch. You know what I mean? That's like a guy... A lot of NBA teams would like to have for 15 minutes a game. I mean, you could argue the Nets, the fully, again, this is just an example, um, the fully optimized version of Zeller, who I don't think anybody was talking about as a buyout guy. I would have loved to have him last year Yeah, for 20 minutes a game, you know? So you never know where guys come from, things that could happen.
1: Yeah, he was actually like, he was a guy I thought maybe they might pursue in the offseason, depending on the price. I want to say he signed pretty cheap with Portland, too uh this year i mean obviously we've heard the rumblings about gary harris it looks like uh, thomas sanarenski might be another guy that's potentially bought out now too so uh, thad young has been a guy that's been rumored obviously he'd be an incredible get for anybody Uh, it just feels like san antonio might be able to find a move for him but who really knows um lucas any other thoughts in regards to like potential trade stuff with the nets not regarding james harden any other things that you think they could potentially pursue i know we talked about in the past like a mike muscala kenrich williams any other names that you could think of
2: yeah that sort of stuff there's gonna be there's gonna be some weird stuff there's gonna be something out of left field Uh,
1: it started out of left field this week i mean with the trades we saw today you know tyree sauber and the Sabonis. even going back to last week with norman powell and robert covington like a lot of movement and we were supposed to get a quote-unquote quiet deadline
2: no oh i (laughs) I think we this deadline is going to be i mean it makes sense that we had the quiet before the storm Mm -hmm. and now it's all sort of starting um this could be one of the weirder deadlines i think in a while really crazy next two days i mean because i said that now probably nothing (laughs) but it really feels like it's set up for that and i wouldn't be surprised i'll just say if the nets make a move that we all go oh like I didn't. I mean, you heard the rumblings for Jeremy Grant. I don't think that turned into anything, it sounds like, but something like that. Yeah, that's a great way. That's a great way to put it. You can tell that they're out there. They're calling teams. So all it takes is one of those teams to say, you know what? That's interesting. And all of a sudden you have a trade that you you didn't even think of. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it seems just the way that we've had these sporadic moves that have been less predictable and some of these teams kind of completely flipping the switch, it makes it more likely that you do get some of those wild trades. You know, you, you really right. just don't know what they're thinking on that end. So it's going to be a pretty interesting couple days, and obviously the big thing is, you know, James Harden, potentially landing in Philadelphia and the Nets getting Ben Simmons. And who knows what the rest of the package will be. We've heard all different types of things. I guess, you know, Lucas, what would you think is a good returning package? Like a good realistic, you know, based off the reporting we've heard, you know, it looks like Tyrese Maxey's not going to be included based off a million leaks from Philadelphia. What would be an ideal landing for the Nets where you feel okay? You know, maybe not great, but it's just something that you feel okay with. Unfortunately, it's it's Simmons,
2: like, yeah. and anything you can get is 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 is, is dessert. Um, the Nets just saw it traded for Harden. I mean, had to give up a lot, obviously, yep. to get him. But it was James Harden. It was an, it was. We don't have to do revisionist history. You made that played at an
1: MVP level last year. There's nothing you can't really complain about it. <laughs> I mean, he
2: got hurt, but before then, I think you know he was one of my like. You could make a solid case for him as the best player in the world. I mean, mm. that post January run. When he got his legs under him, uh, got in shape, whatever. That road trip that I'll never forget, I guess now. That West Coast road trip with Kyrie. He was the best pick-and-roll player on the planet. And it's, yeah. and it's a pick-and-roll league. That's your argument, you know. You do that 10 times out of 10. But, you know, we heard it last year with the Rockets. When they were shopping him to to Philadelphia, it was, oh, we want a, sol- we want a star young player in return. We want this, that. And they ended up going the Nets route, and they didn't take Allen. They didn't take Levert. They took a picks. You just don't, when you're losing the superstar, you never, ever win. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like Harden wants out, that all the leverage is gone. I mean, one thing I've learned recently, I think we've all learned, is like NBA teams can move money around. There's no salary cap situation that's too untenable. If they had to move Tobias Harris this offseason, I'm sure they'd find a way. Um, the fact that the Nets are getting Simmons in the grand scheme of things is about as good as you can ask for.
1: Max, Do you think it could be a long-term win for the Nets in terms of landing Ben Simmons, you know, obviously not having to give James Harden that potential five years, $270 million contract, and obviously Ben is, it still has potential to be a lot better than what he's been.
2: Yeah, I mean, think about it. I don't know how many possibilities after the Harden trade for the Nets would you have said, oh, this doesn't end well. Um, probably not a ton of us foresaw that. Yeah, But at the same time, I think there's more possibilities you can see the Nets winning this trade i mean if it happens simmons is really 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 good um he's a great player the fit makes more sense in uh, on brooklyn and then you know i wouldn't rule out thibel i I mean i don't know i'm not an insider but i wouldn't rule out even a danny green like i yeah we'd be disappointed but if the nets are going for it i promise you you want to have danny green on the roster over bruce brown
1: i mean i'm I'm sorry that's a great point (laughs) but I mean, as inconsistent as Danny Green is a three point shooter defensively from a fundamental perspective in terms of being part of a defense, that's where he can be really effective. Obviously, his on ball defense isn't the same as what it once was, but still a good solid guy to have in your rotation. You could get a lot worse. And like you said, three point shooting, just that little bit of spacing is impactful.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so much of it is a reputation thing, too. I mean, think about the Sixers games you've seen when Danny Green is not hitting shots. Our defense is ignoring him not at all yep you know he's earned that and ultimately the numbers say what they do but he's definitely earned that respect and I mean you can ask any Nets fan last year would you have liked to have Danny Green in the Milwaukee series I think I think many of us would say yes
1: yeah I mean to be honest like it would just at least at the very minimum give you another option to throw at Chris Middleton and someone else to space the floor and just be give Kevin Durant a little room to operate in that series so I mean yeah, I like you said it's it, regardless it's always depressing if you lose a superstar because it's such a what if with what this team could have been and you know, you know you envision even last year if guys don't get hurt is there a championship is there another championship this year. You know, you really just don't know what could happen. I guess Lucas obviously I'm getting a little ahead of the things, but it just feels this way. If, you know, what do you think is best case scenario for Ben Simmons as he kind of moves forward with this team like would he, what type of player is this still a guy that you think could win defensive player of the year? Is he like a top 25 guy? Like in your eyes, like what's best case scenario Ben fits in perfectly with the Nets and in this role. So best case scenario, um, we'll see, you know, we'll assume the trade happens
2: This that, um, best case scenario, Nets fans are going to under like realize how good this guy is. Um, let's just call him a top 25, top 30 player who, what other top 30 player is he a worse fit with than Joel Embiid? I'm very, I'm very overly simplistic, but if you want to make the case, it's there to be made. I, I, I can't imagine a, a, a much worse one. Maybe James Harden is the only other answer. Um, maybe even Luca, but I don't, I don't really think so. Great passer, and it's not really so much the passing skills so much as one-on-one he is a problem to handle yep. the lane. I know the memes. I know the free throws. But one-on-one, you have to help. You know, Most guys guarding him are not going to be his size. Does finish with either hand. Always willing to hit shooters. If we're assuming health for Brooklyn, Joe Harris gets back. Eventually the mandate, Kyrie, whatever, KD. He's going to have plenty of options to kick out to. And this is a guy that, while I've always been just a hair lower on his defense, mm-hmm. I think he has trouble with the really fast, sort of smaller breed of guards. Yep. Like Garland's, the Kyrie's, the Jaws. Obviously tremendous athletes. I think he's more of like a one-and-a-half-to-four guy. Hmm. Excellent defender. I'm nitpicking because he's a top 10-15 defender at worst in the league. Yep. Um, Nets fans are going to, like, if it happens, love him. I mean, maybe not love him, but they're going to, I think, grow to appreciate like just how good this guy is as a basketball player. I mean, he's really, really talented.
1: I mean, not including Kevin Durant. Like, who's the last great defensive player the nets have had you know i mean I, I guess jared allen too but i mean as a wing defender like a guy that can go out there and really you know frustrate guys at a high level like we're talking about a guy that's going to relieve kevin durant from having to defend a yep. jason tatum in a playoff series like and you feel good about that how long has how long has Netsford been talking about the oh we need a
2: switchy wing defender this that everything yeah. kessler edwards i think that's a reason we all loved him the aaron gordon trade phenomenon that's <laughs> finally died down in recent months. Um it's every team wants it. Every team wants the type of defender Ben Simmons is. Now, do you wish at his size he offered a little bit more in terms of helping the rim protection, you know? Yeah. Does it make Ben KD front courts is there sp- something to worry about a little bit? I would say yes. I mean, at the same time though, if you have a lineup where it's Ben, Kyrie, Joe KD, you know, the spacing concerns, this that and the other thing obviously are there, but you can play Ben next to a non-shooting five, I mean, for large chunks of the game and, and it'll be okay.
1: I mean I mean, especially if that five is Lamarcus, if you think about it. And then I mean, I don't I don't want to have this much hope, but it seems like Blake might be doing a little bit better with his three-point shot too. I'm not sure. I'm I'd be hopeful to get it to 33%. But those like and like I mentioned to you, if there's another even like I don't want to say true big, like even if you got like another switchy forward around the size of Ben that could shoot threes like now you're you're feeling really good. I think like him having the ability to operate in that amount of space, there's only one time where he really had that. And this was like, I want to say two seasons ago, Joel Embiid missed a month. Sixers went on a winning streak and it was led by Ben because he was surrounded by shooters and he was just able to cook.
2: Yep. And the last thing I'll say is when have the Nets been at their best? We've been seeing it since the beginning of the Harden era, even before then with Dinwiddie and the, you know, before he got hurt. When they push the pace, Kyrie is unstoppable in transition. Katie is yep. Katie. You have Joe. This year it's Patty filling the corners. Even Shamit last year yep. um, demanded a lot of attention he would run the wing, you know, get to the corner, seven seconds or less type of stuff. Ben handling the rock in those situations, getting aboard, grabbing and going is still a horrifying sight for yep. NBA defenses. He commands so much attention, grabbing and going. And now all of a sudden, you have Kyrie on the wing, you have KD on the wing, yeah, all, all these attackers. I mean, even a guy like Bembry. I mean, you see him get out in transition. And yep. If we're just talking about the regular season, Ben can play with these guys and add value. And so I'm sure if it happens, you know, you can have me back on. We'll do a real deep dive. But there are a lot of avenues for him to make this team very good.
1: Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom if Harden is traded. Obviously, like I said, it's still sad to see a superstar in the whole what if, but there's potential of other good things. Like you said, Lucas, You know, we could jump into this and plenty of other possibilities, but we'll see what happens over the course of these next couple of days. Anything else you want to get out before we get out of here? That's all. Uh,
2: you know what I'll say? Uh, we're going to learn a lot about what the Nets front office wants and thinks for this year and the future at the deadline we're going to learn a lot about the mindset and the other thing i'll say is to Nets fans who are probably going through it right now and just want to hear you know us vent and share some frustrations the storm always ends and it always ends if you have katie on your team yeah so <laughs> it'll be okay i promise
1: a couple great points from lucas to end this one lucas always a pleasure having you on big thanks everybody for listening and check the buzz on all stream platforms
2: before shopify were you wondering where are my sales at